Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. How you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. And today I am joined not only by the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle, but a very special guest, the newly named general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, Danny Briere. Danny, how how crazy is it to hear now at this point? It's not number 48. You know, it's not Mr. Playoffs. It's general manager. Is it is it has it sunk all the way in yet? Not really. Um, you know, I, I guess I'm I still feel or see myself as a player, so um, it's kind of weird. But uh, no, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I'm excited about the challenge ahead of us. Um, you know, it, it might take uh, a little bit of time, but um, I'm I'm really excited about what and where we can go with this team. You uh you made a couple of headlines over the weekend, holiday weekend. Maybe not everyone was paying attention, but uh in my in my other in my in my day job, I work for uh, 94 WIP and you were there on Saturday. You talked to Glenn Macnow and Mike Sealski, and suddenly, Danny, you're trading Carter Hart. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize uh that's uh that's what would come out of it. Uh but no, my my message was just that at the stage that we're at, um uh, very fortunate that we have uh, people in place that believe uh, in letting us do what we feel needs to be done as, as far as a rebuild, people that believe in us. And, you know, all I was saying is my job as a GM, my duty uh, towards the fans, the organization is to to listen to uh, any offers on any players at this time. We're, we're not in the place where we can um, you know, say anybody's untouchable. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's players that are, uh, more important than others as far as their responsibilities, you know, and Carter Hart certainly being one of them. Uh, but my, my point was just that, you know, nobody's above the team and, um, you know, my duty to me and my staff is to listen to what's out there. It's very shocking to see Flyers fans take such a reasonable statement and turn it into, so we're trading Carter Hart, everybody. <laughs> no, and, and I have to say on, on Carter, I mean, I see Carter being the, the goalie of the future. He's still young. He's still part of that, um, what we'd like to build here. Um, you know, he fits into that window. So um, it, it would have to be um, a crazy uh, load of a haul uh, to uh, even consider trading him. So, Danny, it seems like the Flyers have had you in mind for this job for several years now. Um, What is it do you think that they saw in you that kind of made you, in their mind, the best fit for this position for a team that really needs a lot of work to get competitive again? I I don't know. I mean, that's that's probably not a question for me. Um, 
you know, to be honest with you, I it's not like I was uh, trying to impress to become the GM. I was, um, you know, when I retired, I was very fortunate uh, to be invited back in the organization by Paul Holmgren uh, and to learn at first on the business side. Um, you know, I came here. My, our kids grew up here. This is their hometown. Uh, my wife is from here. So when I retire, I came back to Philadelphia. Um, I had the most amazing years of my career with the Flyers, with the organization. So um, it felt like this was home for me uh, coming back here. And then, you know, slowly I got the chance to work my way back into the organization and I wanted to help. I, I, I've always bled orange, uh, you know, and I, I mean, the Flyers were, um, like I said, a lot of my my favorite years going to the Stanley cup finals, uh, amazing runs in the playoffs. So I, I feel an attachment here to the city, um, and the fans. So, uh, having the chance to work back in the organization was all I was looking for and to, to be able to help now, you know, some people saw different things in me that I, I, I could, uh, move up to, uh, in different roles. Well, you know, I, I'm just very fortunate of that, but it's not like I was, uh, trying to get back in to one day become the GM. Um, it just happened. I, I got a lot of good people that I learned from uh, over the year in this organization in different roles and different department. And now I'm just trying to all piece it back together. Danny, in your, uh, in your six years here, I believe as a player, you're always a fan favorite. You said you bleed orange and we really appreciate that. The Flyers have always kind of seemed like more than just a franchise. They're kind of, they're kind of like a family to a lot of people. Like that's how it's described a lot of the time, but yep. there is the criticism that maybe you and Jonesy as well, just another couple of former flyers. How do you respond to that? Is What makes you different from maybe past regimes? What do you think of that assessment? I, I, I say, why is it a bad thing? Um, you know, we, we understand the fan base. We understand the fans. I mean, there's no doubt that these, these fans here in Philadelphia are different. They're passionate. And, and I say that that to me is a compliment. And when I, when I hear, um, the talks about the fan base and, and how the Philly and not just the Flyers, but the Eagles, the Phillies, the Sixers, the union, how the fans in Philadelphia are different than anywhere else. You know, they're, they're so passionate and a lot of people say it with a bad tone to me it's a compliment when i hear that and i consider myself a, a philly fan myself to me it's a compliment um and, and as a player when i look back as a player now as a manager um i want to i want to do something where people care about what i do it was that way as a player yeah they were passionate where yeah they were demanding but I'd rather play uh, or manage in front of a fan base that really care about what I do than, than a fan base that, you know, is indifferent. Um, so, so to me, it's a compliment. I'm, I'm proud to be a Philly fan myself. Um, and, and I say, it's, why is it a, a bad thing? To me, it's, it's a good thing. We, we care um, and, and we want to bring the Flyers back where they belong. I just want to know, was there a, uh, was there a specific moment when you maybe first started playing here, maybe when you were in Buffalo and traveled here, when you realized, oh, they are different? Like, I, I take it as a compliment if people call us insane. Uh, that's that's just who we are, and I fully accept it. When did, yeah. what Was there one thing that, like, you realized, oh, yep, yep, it's different? 
Yeah, well, I, I had heard the stories <clears throat> coming here to play the Phantoms in the minors um, when Frank Bailoas was was on the team um, and and <laughs> all his his teammates that were ready to to beat us all up. Um, but I, I think the moment where it, it turned for me when I realized how serious this was was probably I was with Buffalo and we ended up playing the Flyers in the first round of the playoffs. And, and I remember coming down the stretch at uh, near the end of the regular season, there was three teams I think we had a chance to play in the playoffs. It was the Rangers, it might have been the Devils, and the Flyers. And I remember thinking, okay, we'll be fine as long as it's not the Flyers. We, I just don't want to go back to Philadelphia. Uh, this rank is just, it, it feels so small. It feels like you have no place to move on the ice. The fans are on top of you. They're screaming at you the whole time. Um, and, and obviously we ended up playing the, the flyers. And, um, I, I remember it was, it was tough in the first, we won the first two games in Buffalo and we came here to Philadelphia for the next two. And, and basically it was, yeah, the, the Flyers played well against us and they won game three and four, but the intimidation factor from the fans, I think really made a difference and it played a key in those two games. So I, I hope that one day we, we can bring that back. I mean, we need playoff hockey, obviously for that, but I, I want, I want to feel that again, where we have an advantage um, as the home team, when teams are coming to play us. And I've heard so many players over the years saying that the toughest place to play in postseason hockey was always in Philadelphia. And I, I hope we can get to experience that once again soon. Yeah, soon will be good. And you inadvertently mentioned Bill's favorite hockey player, Frank, Frank Pylos. So <laughs> nicely done. Um, kind of related to this, uh, Philly fans are different. Um, I'm not sure other fans of other hockey teams kind of tie their identity to their favorite hockey team the way that Flyers fans do. Um, how important is it to you as the person kind of charged with shaping this team that the roster on the ice kind of reflects the attitude of the city as it were? I, I think it's very important. And, and Torts um, uh, said it, um, you know, there, there's, there's places where you just have to play to the identity of the city and, and Philly is one of them. Um, John Tortorello is a, a big reason uh, why I, I thought he was the best hire last summer uh, as a head coach. We had lost that that grit, that passion. And look, I, I totally understand that the game is not being played the way it was in the 70s and the 80s. And, and we have to evolve. Um, uh, but I think for our fan base, it's important that we we have a team that plays with character, with intensity, um, with, with a certain culture um that we were trying to trying to bring back last year and started to bring back last year um you know the, the character of uh, of the team is is extremely important and that's how our, our fans identify with this team and that's why they're they're so in love with the flyers the good flyers team and i i want to give them back now we're not going to be the broad street bullies again i i totally um I, you know agree and know that that's that's not how you win in today's hockey uh, hockey world but um, there's nothing wrong with playing hard and being tough to play against and being tough to face um, I, I certainly uh, would like a team that uh, that has those identities you uh, you last played in April of 2015 and feels like yesterday but also somehow it was eight years ago Danny how has the game evolved even in just these last couple of years since you played has it changed majorly 
yeah, you know, there's more speed to the game. There's more skill to the game. It's pretty amazing. These young guys coming up that the skill level that they display night after night, some of the goals that we saw, that's part of the reason why I think there's more goal scoring, um, you know, in the NHL this past season. Um, I, I don't think it's going to change. Um, so, you know, the, the talent, the skill um, is an area that we we need to improve on. And I, I know that I, I respect that and, and we'll work in, in that manner. But at the same time, not at the detriment of character and grit and intensity. Is there a particular player that you look at in the league right now that you kind of point at and say that guy? That's the kind of guy we want. That guy plays like a flyer. Like for me, I think if like the easy one is obviously Matthew Kachuk. Like you look at the way he plays and you're like, yeah, that guy, that guy's probably born to be a flyer. But is there is there a player or I guess a kind of player that you kind of have in mind to be the prototypical flyer going forward? Well, the, the, I think both Kachuk players, uh, brothers are probably players that everybody would love to have on their team. Um you know, I think one player like that is Nate McKinnon. I had the chance to to play with him in, in Colorado a little bit. Um, you know, he's a teammate of mine for a year, you know, and he displays a, a lot of all those attributes where he's extremely skilled, he's extremely fast, he's extremely powerful. He can he can beat you with speed, with grit, uh, with skill. It's it's pretty amazing. I think he's Probably, uh, you know, along with um, Kale McCarr and Connor McDavid, probably some of the that group of three of being the best players in the league. It's a uh, um, good combination to have. I wish uh, I wish we would have many players like that. Well, let's. You mentioned a lot of these guys, Danny, and they're taken. You know, one overall, they're taken in the top five of the draft, and you just look at now the two participants uh, in the Stanley Cup. Guys, they have guys who were drafted at number one. That's kind of a trend amongst the recent comp champs. How can the Flyers compete for a Stanley Cup without a mass of top five picks, first overall guys, players like that? Yeah, well, unfortunately or fortunately, we've we've had two, you know, last year with Cutter Gauthier and then this year in a draft class that's supposed to be um, extremely high end. I think we'll have the chance to get a really good player at seven overall. Um, so there's no doubt that those two guys will, will probably be part of, you know, the, the core that we'll be building around along with, you know, guys like Carter Hart um, for the future of this, this franchise. So um, yes, uh, you know, if you can get some top five picks, it helps. Um, but I, I also believe that what you do in, in future rounds uh, is critical and, and how you develop your players is critical. And that's an area, um, you know, amateur scouting and player development that uh, uh, we we want to get better at and, and expand. So um, I'm, I'm confident in both departments. I think our amateur scouting has done a, a great job the last the last few years, um, you know, but it's going to be critical that we keep doing it at least for the next uh, three or four years. Um, so like Bill said, uh, we've kind of seen the same teams over the last decade or so kind of be the top teams, like your Tampa's Colorado, Boston. Um, what is it about those teams that you think makes them the best and how have they been able to sustain it for so long? Well, I, I think you can win different in different matters, um, and, and with different like specialty attributes, you look at Tampa as a highly, highly 
IN skill game. You look at the Boston Bruins, they're a, they're a team that relies more on team concept. Um, you know, you look at the St. Louis Blues when they won, it was kind of the same thing. They rallied around their coach and, um, you know, it was really a team concept there too. Um, we don't have the Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid, like we've said earlier, we don't have a, a Kucherov or a Stamkos at the moment. Um, but there's there's no way, no doubt that we can't be built like a Boston Bruins or, you know, St. Louis Blues when they won the cup um, where the team concept takes over. Um, so that's uh, at the moment probably how we're, we're looking at. But uh, again, we, we want to bring more skill to to this lineup and that's what we're going to be looking to to build around. Just a uh, just a couple more minutes here with Danny Briere, and uh, again, thanks a lot for joining us today, Danny. Uh, as a player, you were known as you know a guy who stepped up his game in the playoffs, became a clutch performer. It seems like every goal you go back and watch YouTube, Flyers needed a big goal. It was forty eight scoring it. We're seeing something like that with Matt Tuchuk, uh, Matt Kachuk right now. Excuse me. We're seeing him step up, be that kind of Mister Playoffs type guy. Is it possible to identify a player like that? Like you look, you just know he's going to be that kind of guy. How do you find it? Yeah, that that's really tough. And nobody knew that Kachuk would, would turn out to be before this year, that, that type of player. So um, I, I think it's a, it's a self demeanor, um, you know, and, and that's what we're going to try to build with those guys. Um, you have to believe, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that, that you're the guy that's going to make the difference. And, and a lot of it is, is two memories, right? Right. When, it, when it starts happening, you feel more and more confident. I remember when I was in, in those moments, every time I, I felt more confident that another one was coming. Um, and that's, you know, being in the playoffs, it's having a chance to play in those big, meaningful, meaningful games coming down the stretch. We experienced a little bit, um, in February, March, but we tailed off. Hopefully, um, in the future, we can start playing in more of those meaningful games, so our players can kind of build um, that that self demeanor of I'm I'm going to be a difference maker. That's what we we're looking for. But it's it's certainly tough to find when you're evaluating kids that are 17, 18 years old going into a draft. Now, clearly you can tell us what you plan to do this summer, because I'm sure at this point, even you don't know exactly what's going to happen this summer. Um, but if you had to predict, would you say that you're expecting and that fans should expect an active offseason for the Flyers? Well, I'm going to try to be active, but at the same time, you know, it all depends what's available. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to bring up some ideas with different teams. Um, they're certainly going to do the same, um, but I'm, I'm not going to act on them unless it makes sense. So that, that's why it's difficult for me to, to say how active we're going to be. Um, what I can promise you is that I'm going to try to be active, but I don't know if it'll happen. I, you know, I'm not by myself. It, it needs, you know, I need someone to to play ball with. Um, you know, and, I don't know if it's going to make sense to other GMs around the league. So um, I'm going to try. That's, that's what I can promise you. <laughs> that's all. That's all you can. Uh, that's all you can give us. Uh, Danny, if, if you could use this opportunity, this platform to speak directly to fans, what's the one thing you want us to take away? If nothing else, you want fans to think black after they listen to this podcast. Well, I, I want our fans to know that we want to build a 
the right way. Um, you know, we've said it before, we're going to need a little bit of patience. It might be tough um, at the beginning, um, but we want to let the young players play and develop. You know, last year, it, it was great to see guys like uh, Carter Hart had a bounce back season. Travis Konechny really had a big step up. Uh, Owen Tippett, Noah Cates, Morgan Frost, Cam York. Like, There's so many young players that took a big step for us last year. And, and we're hoping that there's going to be more um, this upcoming year. And if we, if we can in the next few years, create some hope with the young guys, um, you know, come in and support our young guys while they're developing into hopefully a Stanley cup contending team down the street, um, down, down the road in a few years, that's what I kind of my message to to the fans. Keep supporting your young guys. Keep being there for them while they, they develop into, you know, hopefully special players. Thanks a lot, Danny Kelly. Do you have anything else? Um, No, I don't think so. Other than, Danny, why did you want to take this job? This is obviously not an easy situation that you've kind of put yourself in. It's a, a bit of a hole to dig out of. And you know, this is your first time up at bat as a general manager. What made you want to try to fix the Philadelphia Flyers? Uh, that's an easy uh, question because I love the Flyers. I love the fans here. I love the city. Um, I want to bring the Flyers back to where they belong. And um, I, I'm really excited about it. I know it's a, it's not going to be an easy job and, you know, a lot of people are going to be critical and, and I respect that. I'm, uh, I, I welcome that. Um, but I, I believe in, and I want to see the flyers back on top. I think that's what we all want. And, uh, really want to say, we appreciate you joining us today here on broad street hockey. Uh, great to hear from one of the faces of the franchise. Now the general manager, Tanny Briere. If, if it's sunk in yet, I, I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> it will eventually uh but yeah this is a little still a little surreal I'm, I'm so excited to to be here and have that chance so thanks for having me uh, uh both of you and uh hopefully we uh, we can talk again uh, in in a short-term future oh yeah Thank we'll you have so you next much. week no problem all right <laughs> <laughs> thanks kelly thanks bill thank Take you have easy. a good afternoon bye guys we got we got six minutes we're good all right if you want to talk a little bit yeah this is much like after we talked to Jonesy, um, like I, I, I can't not be excited about this. Like I like Danny Briere. Like I don't want him to do a bad job. He yeah, I know. said a lot of things that I really liked hearing from him. So it's like, as of right now, I can't be critical of any of this. I, I hate is, to say it. <laughs> I will say he's a lot more. I mean, Jonesy's Jonesy. It's why he has that job. Like right, he's in this position because he he woos people like me and you. Danny is much <laughs> right. more. Danny is much more the buttoned up executive. Like it's not like he's just talking to us in business jargon or something. But he's you know, just just more oh, yeah. Yeah, like just more corporate, I guess. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it makes sense. Like he's got his goddamn <clears throat> MBA. He's the <laughs> he's the general manager now. Like he's come up in the organization this way. And Jonesy was, you know, the morning show co-host for, <laughs> for a couple decades, right. <laughs> like, you know? So it's just, it's just two different approaches, but he definitely, it went longer than I thought. Like his answers, I didn't expect his answers to be as elaborate. I thought we were going to get like three, four more questions. And I looked up at the time. I was like, 
can we really keep him 30, 35 minutes? Like, I don't want to, you know, but I think we got pretty much everything we wanted to ask in. Yeah. Was there anything in particular that he said that stuck out to you? It was like, okay, cool. That's a good thing. Um, oh, no, the, I was going to say, I, I really enjoyed the interview and he said a lot of good things. Um, when he talked about building and kind of being the more like the Bruins and the Blues, I was like, oh, <laughs> you realize that Blues run was wildly unsustainable, right? And it was just Jordan Bennington. I was going to say, I didn't like, want to say it was just the goalie. Like but, it was you just know. Jordan Bennington who stinks playing crazy off his ass for a couple of weeks. <laughs> like, Yeah. But I mean, the Bruins, while they have kind of failed in the postseason, uh, are a regular contender like if if we could be the Bruins and just hope to get lucky in the playoffs because that's what it takes look at the Florida Panthers you know listen it's a great run it's a great run Kachuk is going nuts um but a goalie who everyone thought stunk to the point that Alex Lyon started the postseason over him despite Bob making 10 million dollars a year (laughs) like one thing that I him think we just having prob- a 950 save percentage is the reason they're in the cup final. Like Kachuk yeah. could score all these goals and they'd lose every game six Doesn't to three matter. and be out in the first round if it wasn't for Bob Rowski. That is accurate. One thing that I think we could we should probably dive into this a little bit more deeply on the actual show because I think it's worth it. Yeah, we'll actually into. do one this week, probably. <laughs> it seems like this whole um what's so bad about everyone being an ex-flyer is like a a written down talking point at this point like enough people have said it out loud that it kind of seems like we are using this yes as as the way to deflect away from that question when it's asked of you every single time you have an interview and it's it's fair that they have because it's going to be the question everyone needs to ask right and like it's hard to then you know counter with like because it always fails yeah i was gonna say because it hasn't worked in 50 years but but the thing is and we've said this it's not that being a flyer should be disqualifying it's that it appears to be the only quality like you qualify because you're a flyer how many other what pool aren't we in like we're in the kiddie pool over here and it's like you see that huge one over there the ocean we're not picking out of it. It's only from yeah. this little pool. But I, I was talking to someone yesterday about oh, I was on with I was on with Marcus Hayes yesterday on WIP and we were just talking Ooh. about the hires and I went, you know, I, I was begging just for non-flyers. Yeah. And looking back, w- that was stupid. Like <laughs> I always the, the Chris Rock bit that tiger went tiger. Like if I thought it was going to do anything but what it did, that was dumb. Like this is yeah. I should feel stupid for being like they gotta get a non-flyer. They're not going to. Like that's not going to happen. The closest thing we had was Chuck Fletcher, who was Bobby Clark's assistant in Florida. Like that's yeah. the closest thing we're gonna get to a non-flyer. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I listen to Danny, and it sounds like. He has a good grasp on what needs to be done. He's realistic, but he's hopeful. I listened to Jonesy, and I felt great after the Jonesy mm-hmm. interview. Not that I don't feel Same. great after this one. I just he's more he's he under he's doing the job and can't promise me. Oh yeah, well we're we're gonna get super like you know he can't go. Right, well, right, we're right. gonna have four superstars because I'm gonna get them because it's it's fucking hard to do. 
it's just it's just hard not to think that unlike some of the other ex flyers that we've had to deal with over the last 25 years of being flyers fans um he understands what a good hockey player looks like now like he knows like i have to believe that danny briere having played hockey eight years ago knows that nick delarier is not moving the needle on your hockey team even if you do think that you know being tough to play against is important and that, I, I really think is a big deal. You asked a great question about um, what player, like, would you say, like, he fits the mold of what we're looking for? And you gave the you gave the well, example of you gave the example of Kachuk. And it's like, that's yeah. so easy because he's coming up with all these huge goals in the playoffs. We know about the truculence. <clears> we know <throat> he's an asshole out there. Like, yeah, yeah, he's he's got that Broad Street bully DNA the way it was like, oh, John Tortorella is going to coach the Flyers one day. Like Kachuk right. would look perfect in orange and black. Absolutely. Yeah. Danny Briere, but, how will you bring me yes. Matthew Kachuk this offseason? You know, maybe yeah, we'll be, both but, of them, yeah. But he didn't respond with like, oh, Brad Marchand is like the perfect example of a flyer. He said Nathan McKinnon. And it's yeah. like, yes. Yes. You actually yes. do understand. You're not bullshitting me. You do understand. I do want Nathan like, McKinnon on my hockey team. You yes. went with the guy who is like the fastest player with the puck on his stick, not named Connor McDavid. Like you went right. with just the best guy you could think of, <laughs> you know, yes. well, McDavid's too easy. Let me go with McKinnon. <laughs> like just a, absolutely. That was that, <laughs> that is what stuck out to me as a positive. Yeah, because Nathan McKinnon is, in fact, tough to play against. Yes, he's impossible to defend. He's better than you. Unless your name is Connor McDavid, he's better than you. So he's really hard to play against. (laughs) And, like, he is big. And he is, like, he he can smash a guy if he wants to. But (laughs) I think Danny Briere knows that that's not the leading, that's not what you lead with with Nate McKinnon. Like, I think he knows the other stuff is more important, and I think that's a big deal. He can smash a guy if he wants to. I mean, if he um, wants to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kelly, I know you got somewhere to be. We're going to do a full BSH this week. Any any uh, Thanks, parting Kelly. thoughts before I let you out of here? I am once again optimistic, and you can all roast me for it in, like, November. But for now, kiss my ass. Listen, I'm excited about the Flyers. <laughs> the, the, the draft is June 28th. Come to our party. <clears throat> Uh, but you know, Canada day, July 1st, opening of free agency. Once the off season starts and they do shit. Oh, it's open season. I'll criticize any dumb thing. Even if I think it's a smart thing, I'll go. Yeah, but it's the flyers that did it. So it's 50, 50, like it could be a genius (laughs) move. I'll be like, yeah, but like, you know, does his abdomen work? Did we find that out before we traded for him? Uh, but like they haven't done anything yet. So they haven't done anything wrong yet. And all we can do is be hopeful right now. Um, I think that'll do it for us for the moment. Uh, expect a full BSH later this week. Well, don't expect, but look forward to and cross your fingers. It's the yeah. summer. Uh, try. <laughs> uh, for Kelly Hinkle, my name is Bill Matz. Make sure you come to our draft party June 28th at uh, Sports and Social at the Xfinity Casino and Hotel. It was a ton of fun last year. We're looking to do even more this year. So make sure you are there. Uh, yeah, that's it. For Kelly Hinkle, my name's Bill Matz. Have a great week, Philly. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!